0: good morning good morning it is wednesday november the 8th in the year of our lord 2023 john david walt and this is your wake-up call beginning today as we do every day consecrating ourselves unto the lord wake up sleeper Rise from the
1: dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I
0: offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong
1: to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our entry today
0: is entitled The Ministry of Word and spirit, core value of the kingdom of Jesus. Our text is Acts chapter 13, verses 13 to 25. Hear now the word of the Lord. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the Law and the Prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct in the wilderness, and he overthrew seven nations in Canaan giving their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you suppose I am? I am not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to untie.
1: The Word of the Lord. Now consider
0: this, in the work of the kingdom, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we must not force our way. Way will be made for us. Jesus is the way maker. He does it by word and spirit. He is the word made flesh and on him the spirit dwells without measure. It's why we say the core value of the kingdom of Jesus is the ministry of the Word and Spirit. Jesus of Nazareth, the risen and ascended Lord, is present to us by the power of Word and Spirit. This seems to be what is happening on this journey with Paul and company. As we walk in this way, we have two primary responsibilities. Number one, be responsive to what the Word of God has revealed. And number two, be responsive to what the Holy Spirit is revealing. Let's start with being responsive to what the Holy Spirit is revealing. In this case, it was to go to Pisidian Antioch, go to the synagogue, And sit down. They merely had to get themselves to the right place. The Holy Spirit did the rest. Note that Paul did not send words to the leaders of the synagogue that he had a word for them. Precisely the opposite happened. They sent word to Paul asking if he had a word and if he would share it. Paul and company did not open the door. The door was opened for them. They only needed to be present and responsive, ready,
1: open, willing.
0: As Paul rises up to address the people, he begins by commanding their attention. They must listen, not because of Paul's authority or stature, but because of the authority of the message he is about to proclaim. He proceeds to preach the gospel. But note how he does it. He does not give them a set of principles or propositions or tell them warm and fuzzy anecdotes. He tells them the story. The story. Let's turn to being responsive to what the Word has revealed. For Paul, the story is about God. The human actors play key roles, but they are interchangeable. The story is not about them. Remember, if you want to know who the story is about, see who gets the verbs. For effect, I will give you the highlight reel of the action, i.e. the verbs, in today's text in all caps in the written email for emphasis. I'll give verbal emphasis in my reading here. God chose our ancestors. God made them prosper. God led them out of the country. God endured their conduct in the wilderness for 40 years. God overthrew seven nations in Canaan. God gave the land to his people. God gave them judges. God gave them Saul. God removed Saul. God made David their king. God testified concerning him. God brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus. Wow. Number one.
1: Be responsive to what the Word of
0: God has revealed. If I'm honest, when I tell the biblical story, I tend to make it a lot more about the people in the Bible and the people to whom I'm speaking. Sure, it's about God, but I'm not so sure God is at the center of my storytelling. This has huge implications. Number two, be responsive to what the Spirit is revealing. I must confess my own tendency to add to the task of responsiveness my own sense of additional responsibilities. I so often feel the need to develop strategies and objectives and plans and outcomes and metrics and on it goes. We want to build structures and systems and ask the Spirit to work within them. I think our problem is that deep down, we really think, how would we ever get anything done if all we did was trust in the guidance of the Holy Spirit?
1: There, I said it. Maybe the bigger question is this one. How will we ever know if we don't?
0: The prayer of transformation, Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness. And release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair.
1: I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. I receive your word and spirit and release
0: all of my substitutes. Come Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration that our lives become your sanctuary.
1: For the glory of God our Father.
0: Amen. And the question, are you seeing the priority and prominence of the ministry of word and spirit through today's text? Are you seeing how these are the means by which Jesus gets his work done among us? His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Do you tend toward emphasizing one or the other more, word or spirit? Why might that be? How might it be corrected? Note, it's not a 50-50 split. It's 100% word, 100% spirit. 1,000% Jesus. And we're going to sing a hymn today that is 1,000% Jesus. It's called, My Hope is Built. It's on page 102 of our Seedbed Hymnal, our great Redeemer's Praise. 102, My Hope is Built. We'll sing all four verses. With feeling. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils His lovely face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, My anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand his oath his covenant his blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way he then is all my hope and stay on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne on christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand (laughs) i love that hymn wow man that never gets old does it i could hear y'all singing that I think I could hear my sister Missy out there singing today. (laughs) She was going for it. I know she was. Weren't you, Missy? On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You know, outside of uh, my little church here in Gillette, right at the front door, I've snuck in a couple of cymbals. I used them back in the vacation Bible school in the summer. I've never mentioned them to the church, and I've wondered if somebody thinks they're just kind of in the way and maybe shouldn't be there i mean they they look out of place. I'll grant you that, and those from my church are listening today are going to get clued in on it. I'd hoped one day just to ask just kind of out of nowhere had they noticed, but it's a a bag of playground sand and a large rock and they sit right to the right of the door as you walk in the sanctuary. I've never said a word about them till now, but they're quietly making their message. They're speaking. They're saying, just like Jesus said, build your house on the rock or You're going to be building it on the sand, right? The wind's going to blow. The rain's going to come. The winds, the storms are going to beat against that house. But the one built on the rock will stand, and the one built on the sand will fall with a great crash. Just that little powerful symbols. I had, you know, fascinatingly, I had one of the kids from vacation Bible school back in the summer came up to me, and they pointed it out. They said, I see that. I'm like, indeed you do. Good on you. Well, gang, wanted to give you a word about Sam's play. He was a, one of the lead roles in this play at Asbury University, A Woman of No Importance. It was an Oscar Wilde play from the late 19th century. It was so good, and Sam just nailed his part. Here was the real blessing. He comes up to me later that night. He was so excited. He said, Dad, you're not going to believe this, but there were some people who came up to me afterwards. See, this was the first night. I got there for the second night. Some people came up to me afterward, and they said, We listened to your dad's wake-up call every day, and we heard him talking about your play, and we decided to come tonight. They were in the area, and they came to the play at Asbury. and I mean, that... That so encouraged and lifted, Sam. And you can't imagine how it encouraged and lifted me. It was it was Rachel and Alan Tarr from Georgia. He said to me, he said, I didn't get their name, but I think it was Tar." So I went and Googled my email, and there, sure enough, years ago, wrote me an email. I don't even think I responded. Shame on me. But I was able to write them right then and thank them for coming. And what a blessing that was. You know, you people are showing up everywhere. Just Sunday, Johnny Roach came over from Monticello, Arkansas, probably over an hour away from here and came to church. be with us in Gillette. You're always invited, you know. Make sure I'm here if you're coming. I'll be gone this next week, going to North Carolina. I'll tell you about that tomorrow. We got to sign off for now. We got to get our seeds. We got to hit the field. It's Wednesday, and we're going to win. We're going to win Wednesday. Sowing. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt.
1: We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you.